0: Welcome back to the Global Startup Movement. I'm your host, Andrew Berkowitz. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is great to have you here. Today, we are discussing a very important topic in startup ecosystem building, and that is the topic of resilience. When you're faced with a challenge in the form of a natural disaster or a personal disaster, on top of the already difficult journey of building a startup, how do you respond in the face of that adversity? Well, today we are joined by two leaders in Puerto Rico's startup community who give their account of experiencing Hurricane Maria this past year. Our guests, Carlos Jimenez and Denise Rodriguez, are active ecosystem builders in the Puerto Rico community and saw firsthand the devastation, but also how the community bounced back even stronger than it was before. There's some great lessons to be taken away from this episode, and so now I present to you my conversation with Carlos Jimenez of Yespr. And Denise Rodriguez with the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust.
1: Entrepreneurship has become a global phenomenon. Uncover the stories of entrepreneurs and investors worldwide, from Sub-Saharan Africa to Silicon Valley and beyond, here on the Global Startup Movement. Now, here's your host, Andrew Berkowitz.
0: All right, so I'm here recording with Denise Cologne and Carlos Jimenez, two leading figures in Puerto Rico's startup ecosystem. And for this episode, we're going to focus in on how the entrepreneurial community uh, in particular came together in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria, uh, which hit in September of last year, and really kind of focus on what lessons can be learned. And it would be good to start this off, maybe just 30 seconds, Denise, Carlos, who are you? And- what role do you play in Puerto Rico startup ecosystem
2: thank you so much Andrew for inviting us to be a part of your um, of your program it's very exciting I'm Denise Rodriguez and cologne is my second last name <laughs> I work at the at, at a program called Colmina 66 Colmina is hive in English we're a program of the Puerto Rico science technology and research trust and the reason we exist is uh, to help connect entrepreneurs to the resources that they need to either start or grow their existing business. And we do that because it's important now more than ever, especially after the hurricane, that we create a support system for entrepreneurs.
1: Awesome. Go ahead, Carlos. Andrew, well, um, my name is Carlos Jimenez. I was born here in Puerto Rico. What we do here, we, we have been teaching entrepreneurship to kids up to university level. And 90% of what we do is uh, we build the culture, uh, the entrepreneurial culture, through our games at Young Entrepreneurship Education System. And we call it YES, like a a long Y-E-E-S. And we have been teaching uh, entrepreneurship since 2000.
0: Just to kind of set the context, uh, would you both be able to tell me just a little bit about the hurricane, just just from your perspective, were you on the island, and and, and how do you how did you kind of see it play out, uh, just dur- during the week?
1: First, uh, I'm a little bit older than than Denise, so I have been watching uh, so many hurricanes in the last three decades, and none of it was as hard as Maria. The hurricane Maria was something else. It was devastating. Through the whole island, uh, sometimes you know, you know other hurricanes hit us, but but it was a corner of, of puerto Rico or 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 some part of it, but in Hurricane Maria was all over it and and there is I brought in after the hurricane some guys from Toyota Company to help us from different parts of the world and, and they told me these words that I want just to to let you know they told me the damage ha- has been so so big that it will take so many labor hours to fix it?
2: So in 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 my case, I yes, I, I was here in Puerto Rico during the hurricane, and the devastation was enormous. And the worst was the aftermath. I think that the worst of the aftermath was not necessarily not having electricity and water, because we were kind of expecting that. I think what no one expected was not being able to communicate with your family to see how they were doing because the the cell phone towers were out. And in the metro area, it wasn't that bad because at least like maybe three days later, you were able to communicate with someone. But in the mountains, which is um, a, a, it's, many people live uh, away from the metro area, some people had to wait two weeks before they knew how their parents and grandparents were doing. And that you can imagine how emotionally devastating that is for someone. So I think that in the sense of entrepreneurship, the first thing I thought I was, I was like, I'm, I'm out of a job because no one is going to think about starting a business now. There's no way that there's going to be any sense of optimism about our future after this. As soon as I opened my front door and saw the devastation, and I'm glad to say that it was totally the opposite. We saw how people were really interested in identifying how to um, save their business and were scrambling to go to all the, you know, different disaster recovery support programs that were around. And, and then also how, I think it's wonderful how, and Carlos can also attest to this, how all the organizations that provide entrepreneurship support on the island came together as a, as a whole to support our entrepreneurs.
1: You know, um, when, when, the, the day after Maria came, our, our building was not affected. It was more like a, a place to get all together. So we are in, in, in a building where many entrepreneurs are. So the first thing we did... We check out our property. We check out our people. We our, our you know everything was okay at least in, in our building, and and next thing we did was all the entrepreneurs got in together into a meeting and say how we can help, how we can uh, use our resources uh, to help people, and, and that's what we did, uh, starting to help our own employees. Uh, with uh, water we, we went to their houses and helped them rebuild their houses and and bring them water and food and, and everything to getting food from the states from from the pirates uh, Pittsburghs and, and and bringing it here and and making it uh, possible to to get all that food to many places so so we use the entrepreneurs here. We use our resources to to help many other people, and and a lot of that nobody knows who who was making the the, the contributions.
0: Right. right. So I mean, I I would say you know from you know just ma- mainland United States, I think me personally, one of my biggest frustrations uh, with with the situation is it, it started to become very politicized. It seems like, and it's it for me at least became hard to kind of, you know, perceive the truth of what's actually happening on the ground, you know, versus, you know, the, the appearances of what we keep seeing in the media. And then, uh, you know, obviously it dies off after some some time, but, you know, I'd be curious to hear how long, how long did things take, uh, before the, you know, we'll say like, like startups, like, uh, the, the, the startup community go, go back to just business as usual.
1: We are uh, in a very good shape after one one year of uh, Maria. Uh, I think Puerto Rico is in the right shape right now. We are standing. We're strong. We we can go the the next mile uh, without a problem. Hopefully, we don't get any other hurricane this year. Uh, and if we have, uh, and if it happens, uh, I think we can um, confront the, the very differently from from last year. So at this time Puerto Rico even though our there's still damage in our infrastructure and it's been re- rebuilt I think we are in a better position than we were last year.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So w- one thing I did see is uh Denise your organization was I-, I believe launching a uh, a summit where the purposes the purpose of it was to connect the the communities within the Caribbean to to kind of create a more a more resilient uh, ecosystem. And, and, and so, could could you maybe expand a little bit more uh, just ab- about the efforts to to do that?
2: Forward Summit, yes. Currently, we are um, planning the Forward Summit. is um, It's done every two years, um, and it's a summit to bring together all the audiences um, and all the communities that are linked to the programs of the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust. And it's divided in in three tracks to represent precisely that. It's uh, research, innovation, and entrepreneurship tracks. And that's happening on November uh, 10th of this year.
0: Got it. And so I guess we'll, you know, I would love to kind of expand a little bit more on that. Uh, You know, basically Puerto Rico bouncing back more resilient than... Uh, than they were before. So I think one, one thing I did see is Tesla kind of committing more into investing into the power grid. But I'd be curious to hear just maybe some examples or stories or some of the different ways that, that Puerto Rico has kind of bounced back and become a stronger ecosystem as a result of the hurricane.
1: Andrew, uh, one of the things that uh, has happened in Puerto Rico and, and maybe this is the best thing that has happened to us, is that uh, Puerto Rican companies were not known by exporting. We usually make our products uh, just to consume it, consume it in here uh, in the island. But but since the the hurricane, uh, many companies and I have to say uh, quite a few of companies are exporting and that never thought it was possible. So so that's one of the things that. Uh, our companies now are exporting to florida and exporting to latin america and exporting to to some other states uh, even to europe that
0: and, and is i guess is that a result of because of the hurricane like a, a lack a lack of local demand or?
1: well you have to think that uh, uh our own companies could not buy stuff because we were rebuilding ourselves so they, we needed to start looking to other markets who were ready uh, and able to to buy our products? So uh, that's one of the best things that has happened to us. We, we have a very low culture of uh, exporting.
2: Yeah, I have another another story I'd like to share along those lines. Um, we were very, as I mentioned, we were very weary, thinking that entrepreneurship, you know, was um, in in is going was going to be in very bad conditions after the hurricane. And and the truth is that in the beginning, yes. Um, but then we saw something change, and that's um, when these organizations that provide entrepreneurship support, like, for example, Carlos Organization and others, started doing programs and, and, and designing, um, you know, what are the programs that our entrepreneurs need today? One of the organizations in the ecosystem is a, a global startup accelerator, and for the past three years, they were in the, you know, in the acceleration stage, more startups that were ready to take their business global. And of course, given Maria, we all had to redesign our missions, and we they built a new program, uh, basically taking it one notch below in the early stage development of a startup, which is like a pre-acceleration, kind of like a um, let's have an uh, that you can you can apply if you have an MVP kind of program, earlier stage only for Puerto Rican startups, and these launched in November. When there was no telecommunication still um, widespread um, outside the metro area, so it was it was kind of like an experiment. They they were like, let's launch the program and let's see how many applications we get. The expectations and the hopes were not very high, right? Given the dire conditions of where we were, um, so they also went old school. They went around the island, you know, um, and just pe- person to person. Um, word of mouth, and uh, come January, uh, second week of January, when the applications were due, they received 370 applications from Puerto Rican startups in an MVP stage or very early stage. And that was super surprising. We just couldn't believe it that so many people would rather stay in Puerto Rico and start building a business rather than leaving as many others had to do, so that was really, uh, that was actually a moment of celebration in the ecosystem, and um, and uh, and also and, and how is that going? Well, these uh, out of those applications, forty were chosen to go through this pre-accelerator, and of those, half were went through the selection process to get into the accelerator, which is so hard to get into, and they are currently at mid-program. So and for, which means for the first time, a, a generation or a group of startups in this global accelerator, it's the first time that almost half is composed of local startups. So that's and, and that probably would have never happened if we hadn't had a disaster like this. Right. That makes us um, makes entrepreneurs kind of think and the, and talking to entrepreneurs this is what they told me. They were like, Denise, for so long, I've thought about this business. And I just, I was just procrastinating because it's too risky. But after going through a disaster, like a like a category five hurricane and seeing the devastation, they were like, what's the worst that can happen now that my business fails? Okay. I've seen the worst. So let's just do it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's very powerful. And I love that. And In a situation like the aftermath of of a big natural disaster, I mean, that the community is really looking to leaders to step up and say, this is how we rebound from this.
1: Andrew, we we still have one major concern. It's about 150,000 people move from Puerto Rico outside of uh, the island in, in less than one year. And that's one of the major concerns about companies here because of the market has uh been uh smaller now and and the other thing is that uh in Puerto Rico there is uh, about 42,000 companies registered and now there is only about 35 to 37,000 so we lost uh, a lot of uh small and medium size uh, medium uh size companies the, the thing is, one of uh, of the codes in the IRS local co- uh, code that you can be uh, like a solo entrepreneur, that has grown about 10,000. So we have lost small and, and medium companies, but but the aftermath is that uh, a lot of uh, solo entrepreneurs are, are doing their own thing.
0: I mean, I think, you know, what's what's powerful about what's happened is while losing those businesses is painful, the the most powerful thing that can happen in the city's ecosystem is really just a mindset shift and going from a belief that I can't do it to a belief that I can because I have no choice. Right. And so I think that's, you know, a lot long term is, is going to be very positive. And I mean, you, you mentioned the IRS tax code, I think. What caught my attention originally on that tax incentive was the story, I believe it was in the New York Times about the quote unquote cryptocurrency elite moving to Puerto Rico because of that tax incentive. I guess I would actually be curious to hear on the ground sentiment on this, uh, inflow of, of crypto rich into Puerto Rico. I mean, are there, are there strong opinions either way right now within the startup community?
1: Uh, it's funny because uh I think that the, the people who came in for the cryptocurrency uh they they understood what the power uh, electricity means to them. So uh, though that that, that industry uh, spends a lot of uh, energy uh, consumption which we didn't have at that time. So there are mixed feelings from from that uh that industry, uh, but the government has made a a, a lot of uh, good intentions to bring not only the crypto currency uh, industry, but to do the um, uh, many others in in the in the 4.0 industries. So so we are are working to to bring in. A lot of technological companies like Tesla and Google, and uh, we have done a lot of things to 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 make Puerto Rico more appealing for them.
0: So one one thing I'd be curious to hear uh, from from you, Denise, actually, is as you've kind of supported the ecosystem over the past few years in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, one interesting thing that I saw that you you said was uh, that your increasing commitment to social innovation. And, and social change is, is what led you into that world of being an entrepreneurship ecosystem builder. At what point did you kind of come across the, the concept of, of being an ecosystem builder and like what was your kind of dis- discovery well, um, in, into that world? So
2: it's I've always throughout my career it's I've been in the p- private sector. I worked at Goldman Sachs in Wall Street. And there I worked with non-for-profit healthcare institutions. So that was like kind of um, my first time looking at the nonprofit sector in a way. Um, And then I worked at the public sector here in Puerto Rico, um, learned a lot (laughs) and was very frustrated and um, at times because it's hard to change a system that's so huge, right? And then I came across across the concept of social innovation. and So I went into the nonprofit sector. I was always looking at where does Puerto Rico need to focus efforts, time and energy to um, end the recession that we've been in since 2006. And around 2013, 2014, I started going to absolutely all the events in Puerto Rico around entrepreneurship and startups and tech ecosystem building and things like that. And um, Puerto Rico is very small. So in three months, I met everyone <laughs> and um, started seeing uh, how I could support that with, you know, with my skill set. And even though I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship in that moment, um, I saw how I could support the efforts in some way. So that's when I started, I make a jump to what I'm doing today at the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust, leading Colmina 66. And also, in a true startup fashion, having a second job, right? (laughs) Um, I also joined one of my mentors, Sophia Stolberg, at CodeTrotters, which is the first and only coding bootcamp in Puerto Rico. And that's when I really deepen my involvement in all things tech and startups. And that's when I really... Learn that this is the way to go for Puerto Rico. It's the way for us to be able to go global and to attract foreign capital and um, attract outside capital and building value uh, globally. So that's, that's why I decided to go into this. And ecosystem building, I really didn't learn about that phrase as a means to describe what I do until I traveled actually with Carlos Back in July, we were in Kansas City at Kaufman Foundation's ESHIP Summit, and that's honestly as I as we were going through the program, as I learned that oh, so that's what I do. That's what we're doing here: ecosystem building. That's the name. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Common story of ecosystem builders where they set out to make the change either within the government or or some nonprofit organization get frustrated. <laughs> and then hop over into the private sector to really connect the dots in, the, in their local ecosystem. I think yes, that's, exactly. uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know we're coming up on time. I, you know, would love to finish this off with just hearing from, from each of you, just maybe what, what lessons did you learn in, you know, going through that whole process that, that, that Hurricane Maria, uh, you know, just, just going through the, the aftermath of that uh, and then what lessons are there that, maybe other, other ecosystems can take away from uh, what the, the community as a whole has uh, ha- has done in, in the wake?
1: Well, uh, Andrew, I think that uh, the most important thing that uh, we can get of, of Maria is the importance of communication, um, lack of it. If you think that uh, communication is not important to your team, to your uh, ecosystem, well, think again. Um, we didn't have any any communication at, at all. We couldn't reach uh, through our phones, through our, through our... All the antennas were down. Uh, and, and there were no possibilities of getting them back soon. So we reached to each other on the street. On the, uh, we went to... to to different places because the communication uh, w- were not possible. And, and if I want to, to say uh, if somebody, uh, so, some country, some state is uh, it's going to be hit by a hurricane or in, in the near future like Florida these days, uh, communication needs to be uh, uh, established as soon as possible. It needs to be redone as soon as possible because it makes possible all, all other things. And uh, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never yes, give I'd up. Yes, I'd love
2: to add to that that um, we saw how um, collaboration, all the barriers and all the you know all the drama and anything re- surrounding anyone. Whether it was neighbors coming together to help each other, whether it was organizations in the ecosystem coming together under a single campaign and supporting entrepreneurs together, uh, whether it was entrepreneurs sharing best practices among one another and how their they were how their business was surviving Maria, we saw how um, that came first, and competition came second. Right? Like we just came together, and I think that. What we are actually, many of us are talking about this. It's been a year since the hurricane and we want that to continue. We want that spirit to continue so that we can continue to help each other. I think that our entrepreneurs, I can say without a doubt, the entrepreneurs that today are continuing to grow their business or are starting new businesses, they have grit, they have persistence, they are resilient. And I am sure that they will be stronger in the face of another hurricane. And they will be stronger in this continued recession. So I am very optimistic about the future of Puerto Rico. Perhaps I wouldn't have said these words a year ago. Because it, it was very dark. But literally. <laughs> but today, I have to say that um, I see many, many things that are going for us as an island.
1: In the technical way. Uh, all companies, we need to do contingency plans. We, we need to, to make sure that we have a contingency plan in case of an emergency. Those are, those are the things uh, that I think are very important, uh, at least Puerto Rican businesses, to understand that, that we need to get a better communication and that we need to have a very good contingency plan and and follow it, follow through on
0: them. Awesome. Well, this was such a pleasure. Denise, Carlos, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show.
2: Thank you so much, Andrew.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for listening. Be sure to add Andrew on Snapchat at Burke. that's A-N-D-B-E-R-K, to see firsthand a day in the life of an entrepreneur in cities all around the world.